Oh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Lovely evening here by the Billabong. Well, I haven't been through these parts in over 30 years. The last time I was this close to the Murray, I met a bloke who told me a story about the very beginnings of the paddleboat industry. Now, you sit back now and settle in. You need a drink for this. You'll hear some things that you will think to yourself, nah, no way. But I can assure you that these things did happen. These events didn't get in the paper. It was not all gossip and it didn't turn to legend. It was all written down in the captain's log. A log they thought was lost back in the explosion. So about 30 years ago, that man told me the story, gifted me the log. And he said this to me as he handed it to me. I'm giving you this log so you can tell the men and women that work along these waterways that they better take care. When the sun drops and the water turns black, you best be prepared for what may attack. Captain's Log, 3rd of October, 1853. I'm writing this as an official log for the South Australian Legislative Council as we begin striking the waterways of the Murray-Darling River system for purposes of commercial navigation. I must admit that I'm excited to start the construction of the paddle steamer, the first of its kind across these waters. The men are busy at work gathering local red gum to start construction of the as yet unnamed boat. We have had steamboats running along our coasts now for almost 20 years, but never inland. This is a first for our country. I'm fortunate enough to have a paddle steam engineer who has been brought on board to assist in construction of the great vessel. We will also have an American joining us shortly who will be the skipper and he spent many years working along the mighty Mississippi. This is Michael Woodier, head engineer, recording the first journal entry as requested by South Australian Legislative Council. I have been hired to come to South Australia to oversee the construction of the yet-to-be-named paddle steamer. I'm working alongside the project manager, Captain William Randall. The title he seems to have given himself. He has no sailing experience that I have found, but has been given the title of captain nevertheless. The man's ego is as big as the boat, I'm afraid. The steamer has two decks and a large fore and aft space to store whatever will be shipped. I imagine it will be used for food and supplies for the towns popping up along the river in the search for minerals and rich farming land. The boat is about one week away from completion. We have encountered some issues with the boiler. Our local German blacksmith was hired by the council to make one. A first time for him, a first time for us all. The boiler is a large rectangular steel box and sits in the belly of the ship. The first time we fired her up to test the engine, it swelled up like a balloon. I thought she was going to explode. It wailed and howled. We managed to insert studded bolts into the weak places in the plates in the hope of strengthening them. Next, we wrapped bullock chains around the boiler and after that, they drove wooden wedges under the chains to tighten them. I must admit, I was hiding behind a large eucalyptus tree the next time we fired her up, fearing the thing was going to explode and sink the boat. But luckily, all was well.
This is Dexter Finn, skipper of the yet-to-be-named paddle steamer. This is to be my first journal entry, as requested by South Australian Legislative Council. My body aches after months of travel, but finally I arrived to a new town in South Australia called Adelaide. After two days rest, I catch the coach to the Murray and straight to the river to see my ship. When I arrived, I stepped off the coach to find men all running from the boat, yelling and screaming, GET BACK! I managed to find the project's engineer, Michael Woodier, hiding behind a tree. They pulled me behind the tree, yelling, Not to worry, mate. She's just settling. Apparently, the Australians have had paddle steamboats for 20 years, but not this far inland, so it's basically the Wild West out here. I feel at home already. Well, Dexter, it's nice to have you on board. Welcome to South Australia. What do you think of the Murray River? Thank you very much, Captain. I think she looks like a fine river, sir. I'm, I'm keen to get started. See what's out there. Excellent. I want to apologize about the commotion you came across when you arrived. You see, I wanted to test the boiler on land, but... There's no time for that, Michael. We've talked about this. I mean, I've got the bloody legislative council on my back to get it chartered. We almost lost the bloody shipmate. What were you thinking, hiring a German blacksmith? Has he made anything bigger than horseshoes? Well, you fixed it, didn't you? I mean, Christ alive, it's secure now, isn't it? Well, Mr. Fenn, Michael and I have spent way too much time together on this little project of ours. We've certainly had our uh, challenges. It's been a long build process, and I'm sure you can appreciate this. Of course. Building a ship in this remote location would test any team. You mentioned that the Murray hasn't been charted. No one's taken a boat along these waters before? Well, no. We had a team of explorers ride along the riverbank for a month or two before they headed back, but, uh, no. We will be doing most of the charting ourselves. Have you been charting the tides, the rising and falling of the water? Yes, of course. I have some experience, you see. I'm from Sydney and have worked in the industry for ten years. I've been taking some measurements locally, but who knows what's further along the river. Uncharted water. Well, previously I'd been on the Mississippi River for 11 years myself, and I have sailed in all weather conditions. There are the hottest summer and our coldest winters. You have nothing to worry about, Captain. We'll get there and back with no major issues. How's the hull broken in? Uh, well, um, no. <laughs> Tomorrow at launch, we'll see. Well, we'll see what we see. God damn, boys, this is a wild, wild west. Yeehaw! <laughs> Y'all can swim, right? Yes, I, I... Captain's log. There is a total crew of four on board. Dexter, Michael, myself, and a young lad who will serve as our deckhand. He's a bright young fellow called Eric from Melbourne. Dexter has taken his role as skipper and launches the boat off the jetty smoothly. He's wearing a large Texan hat, which he bought for the journey. <laughs> His smile is as big as the brim of that hat. Michael runs up and down the deck yelling at Eric to check the boiler and the wooden seals along the boat looking for leaks. You know, I'm glad to be finally on our way. Away from that bloody council. January the 19th. We finally left the small town of Morgan as we make our way into uncharted waters. 
Michael's experience with the tides and my experience on the river has helped us traverse the lows and the highs. Although I'm concerned about sandbanks, as we don't want to get stranded this time of year. It's the driest time, I'm told, and we won't have any rain for the next couple of months. If we get stuck, we'll be walking back. January the 23rd, and I'm happy to announce that the boiler and the hull has been built to a good standard. No leaks that I have found. Eric has been a good worker and has been keeping her belly full and hot to turn these giant panels. The boat comes in at 55 foot long with a 9 foot paddle wheel and a capacity 20 ton. I must admit, I'm very proud of her. And if the region opens to farming and mining, I cannot see why there would not be multiple boats running along these waters. What the f- Whoa, is that? Uh, not, not to worry, Dexter. That's Eric, young Eric, fetching our dinner. Tonight we're dining on fresh kangaroo steaks with a fine bottle of whiskey. You eat kangaroo? <laughs> Do you see any sheep around here, mate? <laughs> well, don't worry, the natives love this stuff. It's good. I add some oregano. Right. Oregano. Don't forget the oregano, Eric. You listening? It smells good. Like, like mountain lion. Well, gents, we are making good time. I've been charting as we go. We will carry on north, further into the state of either New South Wales or Queensland, where the river is at its widest. Do we have a name for the boat yet? Ah, uh, the Mary Ann. After my dear mother. After your mama, huh? Mary Ann it is. Well, we don't want to be taking the Mary Ann into one of these inlets. It's shallow. I, I can tell the watercolor similar to the Mississippi, and I can see the bottom. You may want to consider blasting if you decide to build docks up this way. What the hell was that? Bird of some description. Will... Do you have firearms on board? Uh, just the one rifle. Perhaps we should um, eat inside tonight, gentlemen. Captain's log. February the 1st. Today we are making good time along the river, but we seem to have attracted a large flock of local birds who follow us along the tree line. <laughs> I find our little companions charming, for without them we haven't seen a single animal for miles. Eric came and visited me a few hours ago, saying that he was... Seeing something in the water, swimming in our wake. The young lad's imagination is getting the better of him. Journal entry, 1st of February. I have told Eric to go, take a drink and have a rest, as he seemed rather frightened by what he thought he had seen in our wake. He said it looked like a large seal with teeth and red eyes. I reminded him that that was impossible being this far inland. Journal entry 1st of February. Well, the young lad is beside himself. I think we got an alligator on our tail. I asked Will to take the steering wheel and I took watch at the rear for the last couple of hours. We have a rifle. It's, it's no Winchester, but it'll do. The alligator's probably following us looking for an easy meal, but he'll move on soon enough.
What do you mean you don't have an anchor? Well, we just have a rope to tie it to the jetty. This storm is getting worse and we could drift off anywhere. We need to secure this boat. Captain's lock, night, February the 3rd. I'm locked in my cabin as the storm beats the steamboat about. It's completely out of season for this, but I'm praying that we... Come in. Will, come up to the bridge. You are not going to believe this. Will, look out there in the dark. Out there. I, I can't see anything. Wait for the lightning. You'll see. You see that? Water flowing off the tops of the gorge into the river. I've seen this before. The river's flooded and we're not anchored. I can't control this ship. I've asked Eric to turn the boiler off. We'll break the paddles if we fight this current. We'll have to ride this out. My God. Morning, Will. You'd better come see this. We're on dry land. What happened? Well, I believe the river broke its banks and took us here last night. I've gone for a wander. There's dead fish everywhere. And I spotted what I think may be gator tracks. A crocodile? Down here? But well, we shouldn't have them this far south. I did find something odd I'd like to show you. Follow me. Morning, gents. You've seen our predicament. You coming, Michael? Yeah. Hey, b bring the gun, kid. I walked around this morning to see the hull and... Well, I'm afraid she's completely shot. Michael, can you fix this? I'm an engineer, not a carpenter. I can fix the paddle steamer engine, but not the hull. Also... There's no way we can move this ship back to the river. It's a wreck. Oh, Christ! The bloody council will have my job for this. I saw this as well. You said no crocs in these parts? Look. That kangaroo's been torn in half. And dragged in the water by the looks of it. Looks fresh. Look, look at the blood trail. That's a big red roux. Would have been over six foot. Let's get back to the boat. Captain's log. Unfortunately, we have decided to abandon the ship, take what supplies we can carry and follow the river back to town. The storms have completely passed and the heat is back. The stench of the mud and silt fills the air and it turns my stomach. Michael has been unable to repair the boat, so we'll have to send out a team, I imagine. The council will not want to waste this property. The boy Eric is very anxious, and he remains on top deck with his rifle. I'm thinking there may have been a rogue croc down these parts, but the distance it would have had to have travelled from the north baffles me. Still, possible I guess, considering these waters haven't been properly charted. At least we'll be near a water source tomorrow when we leave at first light. The plan is to backtrack to the settlement. Hello, Michael. Come in. I'm taking a souvenir. You like it? The ship's emblem. Good idea. I'd like the grandfather clock in the corner, but it's bolted down. <laughs> and heavy on your back. Why is that even here? It's useless. Well, the captain had grand ideas. He tried to order in lace curtain from France earlier this year, but the council turned him down. 
I won't mention the grand piano idea. <laughs> Are you bringing anything back? Just our maps. I've taken some sketches to sell to the local papers when I get back. Hopefully, I can make something from this bloody mess. See the lad this morning? Yeah, he hasn't moved. Rifle in hand? You think he's a gator? A croc? Nah, not this far south. Surely not. Jesus, where the hell is that thing? He's got the boy! That's not a bloody croc. He's dragging him over the side. I'll run down and look for the rifle. Eric, hold on, mate. We're coming. Jesus, what, what the hell was that thing? Got it. Stand back. There, there. Look, you hit it. It's backing away from Eric. Keep, keep firing. That's it. You son of a bitch. Die! I'll get to Eric. You coming, Will? Yes. Yeah, yes, of course. Captain's log. Today we lost Eric, the young lad, to that thing. I wish I'd listened to him earlier. Dexter managed to wing the thing and it slunk back into the muddy water where it disappeared. It's definitely not a crocodile. The creature looked to be long and black with scales. Like a kind of... It's kind of like a seal with, with a crocodile's hide. Its eyes were bright red and its fangs looked like they belonged to a shark of some sort. Jagged and twisted. It was easily eight feet as it slithered across the banks, fast and mobile. We are all in fear that the thing may return. We've locked ourselves in the engine room and we'll make our way out in the morning. Lads, I have an idea. Go on. This thing's going to hunt us all the way back to town. And we're going to be exhausted. Did you see how fast it dragged Eric over the deck into the mud? It's strong and fast. We won't make it. I slugged it three times and it didn't slow down. I think I made it angry. What's your idea? Well, clearly it likes meat. I say we set a trap. I can cut the chains off this boiler. We can cover it in the canned meat and heat it up. And it will come to us. You want to use us as bait. We're already bait, mate. I'll loosen some rivets, unshackle these hooks... And, well, she'll explode. And what about us? How do we escape? Through the window that leads onto the rear deck. Once we're up on the deck, we block the exhaust valve and run. Hope to God he doesn't break loose through the window. Captain's log. All is quiet now and I, I want to leave one last entry as a warning to all men and women who come to these waters to tread lightly. The loss of my left leg sealed my fate. I sit now under a tree, watching my final sunset as I recount the night that was. We went about our business as the sun set, awaiting our hunter, making our traps and weapons with what we had available. We closed all the doors and barred them up with decking. We used all the cans of meat and left a trail, hoping the smell would attract the thing. It came not long after dark, screaming as it made its way onto the boat. Dexter and I stood on the deck as bait. The Dexter yelled out to Michael, who was waiting to start the steamer at our call. Michael, it's here! Fire up! The thing slithers up onto the rear of the deck. Its huge claws ripped into the boat as it pulled itself over. 
Dexter knelt down and fired off a round into its face. It reels back in pain. I had a sharp metal rod, and I ran up and drove it into the claw of the beast. It backwards, screeching, tumbling overboard into the mud. Dexter ran over, pointing his rifle down, looking overboard. It's moved. I'm going to the front. We both ran around to the front of the boat. I called out to Michael. How are you going in there? We've lost sight of it. She started to swell. She won't hold for long, lads. We ran to the front, trying to see where it was. We could see it ducking in and out of the shadows along the side of the ship. It was fast and agile for its size and blended in the shadows easily. The lanterns were hindering us more than helping us. Can't see beyond damn light. I grabbed the other lanterns and threw them overboard. Dexter followed and we looked about before the lights died out. It's on the rear deck. Let's get on the roof. We scrambled up to the upper deck and looked down. It was ripping up the wood, eating the canned slop that we had left about. Lads, hurry up! I grabbed another spear that we had made, and I threw it as hard as I could, and I drove it straight into its back, and the thing screamed. Dexter fired upon it again. It stopped, looked up, and stared at Dexter, hissing. And then suddenly it, it leapt from the deck onto the roof, slapping me clear off the boat and fell into the mud. It had Dexter in its jaws, and he screamed as it bit down hard, crushing him. His eyes were bulging. Dexter was gone. I ran back around as it finished its meal on the roof and climbed back on deck. I found two buckets of kerosene. I lit the back of the deck on fire and I called out to the thing. Come on, you bastard! Come and get me! The thing turned and snarled and, and leapt down onto the deck as the fire burned. He ran towards me as I entered the cabin. I, I picked up a spear and I jabbed the thing's on snout, his jaws snapping as he tried to get at me. Michael! He's here! Are you ready? Yes! Come down now! It's time! I managed to jam the spear in its eye and it snapped back, shaking its head, trying to get rid of the spear. I howled. I ran down to the lower deck and called out. The thing came crashing through, screaming, tearing through the boat, squeezing itself into the engine room, snapping at the parents. The steamer boiler was now fully expanding and about to pop, twisting, groaning under the pressure of the steam. Michael had his hand on the lever. Get in here, man. We've got to go. Now! Michael pressed the lever down, blocking the exhaust from getting out. Michael was stuck behind the boiler as it began to balloon out. He tried to climb over it when the bunyip snapped at him, blocking his way to the window. He looked at me, shaking his head. I scrambled for the window. The creature turned to face me. Michael made another attempt to climb past the boiler. His hand sizzled as it grabbed onto the steel bed. Let out a scream and fell between the boiler as it expanded onto the wall, crushing him. I made one last attempt to get out of the window. I swelled up and the rivets began to pop like bullets. I scrambled out with my trussle and caught a loose nail. When the bunyip leapt and bit down on my leg, ripping it clear off, I screamed out and fell out of the window. The bastard tried to stick his head through the window and get at me. I rolled over the side of the boat and pulled myself desperately through the mud to get clear of the boat. The explosion had taken the bloody thing back to hell and thrown me up onto the banks like a ragdoll. I awoke, hours later, my legs screaming at me. I ripped off my shirt and I tied it to the bloody stump. It was too late. I was half dead. I looked over what was left of the ship. The boiler had done its job. The ship was torn apart, blown to pieces. Everything except the grandfather clock. I looked about and noticed the thing's head was lying on the mud. 
Its lower jaw was blown clear off. I laughed to myself. I looked over and I saw my diary lying upside down on the ground. So here I lie, writing my last words. And whoever finds this book, well, I ask, is that you tell the men and women that work along these waterways that they better take care. For when the sun drops and the water turns black, you may best be prepared for what may attack. Hi there, and thanks for listening to this week's episode entitled Captain's Log. The episode was written by myself and narrated by Lima Moore, Seth Knopf and David Hart. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week by the Billabong.